0: It's your man Sha Just. Who wanna know he Sha Supreme? Ladies, ladies, please.
1: Ain't no fucking pressure. Alright? This your boy, PDT, aka Southside Pablo. This is Ba the GOAT, B-A-H, Ba <laughs> What up, what up, what up, what up, what
2: up? Let's go, let's go. Let's go. Let's go.
1: Let's
0: go. Welcome back to another tuned in review. The most inconsistent, consistent pod in the world. You know what I'm saying? The people love it. It was provocative. You don't know the what you're going to get.
1: Leaders yeah. of the new world order.
0: Facts. We're giving y'all three locations. You don't know where we're going to pop up. Our girls are not going to be on Kevin Samuels talking about they bored. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we're keeping it excited. We the guy she want to cheat with. You know what I'm saying? Be the man she want to cheat with. All right. But we're coming to you different today, you know, on our Black Power <laughs> stuff. At least I am. <laughs> you guys kind of halfway, halfway there. Young but You Shaft. know you know, what I, you know what it is. We're going to do something different. We're going to do a movie review. You know, it is Black History Month and just right on time, Judas and the Black Messiah drop. So we're going to give you our thoughts. We're going to really do a lyrical miracle breakdown for y'all. Sir, yes, we are. And our first movie review ever was actually Black Panther, so you know, you gotta shout out that oh shout man. out Wakanda, Wakanda, real quick.
2: <laughs> also, R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. R.I.P. Chadwick. Oh my god, 2020 was a
0: horrible year. Yeah, facts. Campbell, we lost a great one right there. Restart the whole decade,
1: honestly. <laughs>
0: so, if you're not familiar with Judas and the Black Messiah, you know it basically follows that whole framework of one party going undercover to infiltrate a certain organization. And then,
1: well, I would say, well,
0: nah, that's that's that the framework. That is, yeah, the framework. I,
1: I, no. But I, I was gonna say even further along, even before that, I'd say Judas and the Black Messiah. As you can tell from the title, while it does have certain meanings, it's actually a pretty common film that we've been seeing
0: lately. Which is like a type Black Klansmen, like that. Yeah,
1: Black Klansmen. Sorry to bother you. Um, the bother you. you wasn't like that. Well, well, no. Well, what actually, what I really meant to say is the fact that these is a black movie reiterating and kind of revamping of the uh the history of the black struggle and the black experience mm-hmm. like you know this is just not like i guess a black klansman could be one of them um mm-hmm.
0: what 20 years a slave um 12, 12 years. years a slave he 12, got out 20? he yeah, couldn't 12. do 12 years man if he did 12 okay. years man i don't know if he'd still be around man yeah
1: shit uh <laughs> what was it what's the other one i'm thinking about um In too deep with ll cool Django?
0: And Omar Epps?
1: Well, I was thinking more historic. Oh, uh, the, what's the movie on Amazon that we were just talking about? Oh, what, uh, One, uh, Night Night in, in yeah, One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami. It's yep. like, I feel like Judas and the Black Messiah is like, you know, One Night in Miami, uh, Black 12 Years a Slave, like, you know. Selma. Selma, yeah. Just like another movie depicting the black experience before, I guess, the internet. <laughs> like, I guess before people realized mm-hmm. what the hell was actually going on here. Mm. So I would say in a broader sense, but yeah, back to what you were saying,
0: but it follows that same framework of some, somebody or the police or some type of organization wanting to infiltrate another one, you know, going undercover to really try and focus on one person to gain insight, intel. I don't like how y'all just skipped over into deep. Like that isn't a hood classic. Y'all, did y'all watch 2 D with LL Cool J and Omar Epps? You, you remember know that movie? I, I, I did not. Know. When's the
1: last time I seen LL Cool J
0: on TV? I NCIS, SWAT. excuse me, SWAT. Yeah, well, that was, SWAT's been dated, but NCIS he put in the work. I'm trying to
1: see the dated. I mean, NCIS, I don't even. I, ain't, I network what, TV. Yeah. yeah, I feel yeah, you. Yeah, so that's what. Shout out
2: to know. LL Cool J, Hollis Queens. Facts. LL, LL baby. Queens, where
0: you at? Let's yeah, I'm go not it. hating on
1: LL. I'm just like thing. I just ain't really. I'm, I haven't seen no LL Cougar stuff, to me Yeah, of course you didn't. Of course. I mean, he, he was popping in the 80s. That's yeah. way before my uh, and time. And the
0: 90s. Don't disrespect. Hey, uh, man,
2: he's hosted a lot of
0: Grammys recently. He's pretty relevant.
1: Anyway. <laughs>
2: yeah, LL Couger
0: icon. Best guess, rapper in Queens. I guess, I
1: guess I'll have to check the movie out.
0: Best rapper from Queens. I'll say that. Huh? Yeah.
1: Over Nas? That's I mean, another in, video. That's another video. <laughs> <laughs> so if
0: you're looking at this movie, it's a lot of black excellence. You know, you see, you might recognize a lot of young, up-and-coming black actors that are actually starring in this, and I had no idea. You know, the film stars Lakeith Stanfield as Willem O'Neill. He's the guy who infiltrates the, the Black Panther on behalf of the FBI. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have uh, Daniel da- Kalua.
1: Daniel Kalua as Fred Hampton himself. Another British black man taking an American black <laughs> black man's role. Nah, I'm just kidding. Oh my god! And
2: then you have uh, Algie Smith, who played Jake Winters. You know, a lot of folks are familiar with Algie from um, Euphoria or the other movie, um, The Hate. The Hate, the you, hate, give, hate you, give.
1: you Give. I just saw that movie after I saw, um, what was that movie? That we saw? Oh yeah, Jews in the Black <laughs> Yeah, what was name we <laughs> were reviewing? I saw the, Yeah, I saw uh, The Hate You Give probably like a day or two after seeing it. Black Judas and the Black massage and mm-hmm. I, I reckon I'm like, oh, wait, I've just seen you. So that was pretty cool. I could definitely see he's getting his uh, seems like he's getting his shots.
0: Yeah, after that, the, the big titty white woman, you know, he had to, you know, revert back to his sisters, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you know about Euphoria, you know what I'm talking about. No comment. No he was comment. the envy of all his castmates, I'm sure, you know what I'm saying? Anyways, <laughs> and then
2: Dominique Fishback, you know, played Deborah yeah, Johnson, a, I'm, um, I'm you know, the wife of, suspect. you know, the late Fred, Fred Hampton. And and just one more person too. Uh, What's his name? The the comedian. Uh, uh, Little. I was surprised to see him in this movie. (laughs) We'll get into that
0: once we get into the spoilers. He
1: always makes his way into one of these into like these type of movies though. Like, but it was good to see him. I guess in a different sort of not comedic sort of way. Because I feel like he's always like even in Insecure,
0: he was kind of like not comedic. Surprisingly. Yeah. Even though that's a comedy show, Insecure, But he was still like serious. Kind
2: of yeah, trying to like. And then for the fans of Power, I don't know folks who folks watch Power. Queens, once again, but, you know, folks who watch Power. If you remember um, the character Rollo in the first season. Rolla, Rolla. Rolla, not Rollo. <laughs> Rollo. I'm going to mix up with Sanford and Son because, you know, I see the mustache, I'm thinking about the character. Anyways, uh, 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 what's his name? The actor's name is uh Darrell Britt Gibson, who's who played Rolla. So he plays um, Bobby Rush, who's actually, um you know, still alive. He's and also a congressman that represents the south side of Chicago. And he was one of the co-founders of the chapter, the Black Panther Uh Party chapter in Chicago,
0: mm. and he kind of looks like him too. They did wonderful job casting him. Yes. Like he looks like with the facial structure, the the jawline. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. he was like handpicked.
1: It was pretty quite uh, accurate to his actual person, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like spot on. So
3: like,
0: too. and I, then I, Ashton Sanders. You don't forget about Ashton Sanders of Wu Tang fame. He was in the Wu Tang, uh, yes, yes, yes. Hulu, Hulu series. You know, he was actually in this. I didn't know he was in this based on the trailer. Yep, he so. played Jimmy Palmer. Nice yep. to see him as well. I don't think we're forgetting anyone, right? Anybody. Well, that's the people we know. That's the people I noticed. Off my top. Yeah. But so let's get into you know what how about we... the FBI agent? Oh yeah, of course. Um <laughs> no, actually. Well, he, he ain't I was I was doing Black Excellence. You know what it is? Black Fleming. History Month. Oh, yeah. I was trying <laughs> to do Black History you know, black excellence first. But all right, we'll we'll talk about him. Todd, aka Todd. Yeah, he was part of he's a, breaking he was a big part of the movie too. Yeah, he was a
1: huge part of the movie. Huge part, me. huge part for sure.
0: Many people don't know he was actually the bullying, like Mike. You know, so that's taking it really far back. That's,
1: and that's why I, and I'm like, yo, why does this guy look so familiar? And I, when I looked back and I looked, I'm like, oh, this is the boy who... being a Bow Wow. being a Bow Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he got his shoes, damn. Yeah. And then Dominique... Uh, you said uh, Dominique Fishback.
1: Did we say Dominique Fishback? We spoke on her, yeah, but we oh, didn't did? have okay. too much. What was the other one? There was also yeah, the other one. No, woman. no, no,
2: sorry, not Fishback. Dominique Thorne. Dominique oh. Thorne, she played Judy Harmon in this movie. And she was also, she was a, a star in the movie uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, so... No, a lot of excellent, you know, black actors and actresses.
1: Wait, both of them are named Dominique? Both actresses? That, that, yeah. That's hey, the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's Dom- the, that's Not Little one. Baby. Don't
2: get confused with Little Baby. That's not yeah, the one. Yeah, Dominique the... Fishback played Deborah Johnson. And then Dominique Dominique Thorne played Judy Harmon. That's the one who had the knife in her
0: boot. Yes. Spoilers. Chill. <laughs> no, I mean,
1: uh, I just want to, I mean. We're doing a review. Yeah, no, we didn't no, do it is...
0: yet. We got to give them a warning right, before sorry. we get into that. Yeah, no, sorry, I, guys. Sorry, audience. I was going to say, I was gonna say we got to give
1: them a, a, a spoiler. I mean, that's not a spoiler. A knife a knife in a boot? My fault. Anyway. She was Woody
0: from Toy Story? Snake was in my she? boot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Snake in my boot, Woody. Okay. <laughs> I thought she was the voice. actor. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, it was a great, it was a lot of black excellence in this film um fred hampton daniel kalua really did a great job as expected mm-hmm. he did his thing when and when you watch the movie you kind of fred hampton is not even really the main character i would say daniel kalua was like more of the supporting instead of like if they were to be nominated for anything i think uh lakeith stanfield would be um the main he would be the main the the, the main actor of the movie and he would be best actor nominated for best actor right? and then i think daniel kalua would be supporting Best support yeah
1: yeah, I I agree with that. Wait, I think why you say that
0: because it just it seemed like because you know it was Judas and the Black Messiah, the person who represented Judas was definitely LaKeith's character because he's the one infiltrating and then be ultimately betraying the uh, the Black Messiah, the Black Panther. Yep, the Black Messiah who is Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. So even though Fred Hampton is the subject of everything, the main character is kind of told on the point of view of Will O'Neill, which is LaKeith Stanfield's character. So that's why I would say he was like more of the main. Yeah. Even, yeah, I would say that.
2: Yeah, I, I can see that. that that's probably that probably what will happen if the if the movie or if the actors end up getting nominated for any awards.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely see that. And we, we usually talk when we do movie reviews how you would watch this movie. What's the best like uh, form of medium to watch it? Obviously, we're mostly all quarantined now, so like HBO, HBO Max, Max is probably the way to go for most people. Mm-hmm. But you know, it is still showing in some theaters. But I wouldn't say to like trek all the way out to a theater or go out your way to watch this, even though if you want to support the money, you're still supporting it with an HBO Max membership. So it's not a True. subscription. That's a good point. Yeah. And it's only on there until March 14th. So you definitely got to check it out soon. They'll take it off. So I would, yeah, HBO Max is the way to go for this. No 40X this one. You don't need the 40X. <laughs> <laughs> or 3D, 3D this one.
2: Yeah, it's not that kind of movie to really watch in 3D uh, we'll, <laughs> or, no, or, or we'll, Dolby. We'll,
1: we'll talk more about that when we yeah. give our final review of it. For sure, do you guys want to like kind of quickly go over the plot just
0: so everybody has an idea, or we did that right? It's just infiltrating, you know. Yeah,
1: it's. I mean, well, I feel like that was very. I mean, you break wanna... it down, Virgo, detail. Ah, yeah, you already know me. I mean, <laughs> I was just say to get over through the plot of it real quick is just the fact that it's basically well. I mean, if everybody like I said before, it's a movie that's ba- actually based off real life. Um, some these characters are all actual people who. in history so a lot of people may or may not uh, realize that in my mind I feel like if you do know the history of who Fred Hampton was and the Black Panther movement you will probably enjoy this movie a lot more because Mm. Mm -hmm. um and I'll just kind of I expand upon that when we get into it a little bit but uh essentially like you said Judas is being played by Lakeith's, Lakeith's character who is William O'Neill, who uh, essentially breaks down and infiltrates the Black Panther Party, and he gets close to the leader of the Black Panther Party in Chicago, which
0: is Fred
1: Hampton. What surprised me is he's 21 years old, so you got, he's a
0: young kid. Yeah, that's a dynamic a lot of this movie. Like Everybody seems so much older than they exactly. actually were.
1: In the movie, for sure. In the movie, for sure, but mm-hmm. like I said, based in real life, you, know, you realize that Daniel's playing someone who's supposed to be 21 years old, who's leading so that's also very interesting to see because you know we're all we'll talk i, I, I want to expound upon that but
0: but he's yeah. known he brought all the rival gangs together in exactly. chicago he and he brings was,
1: the It just shows um like keith basically looking from his point of view of just watching how fred hampton is trying to bring all of these people who are diver, diverse and you know almost like seems like opposing parties together in order to bring the city of Chicago back together, but what he doesn't realize is that he has, you know, some people are against him. The powers that be are against him. But he knew who they were against him. I mean, yeah, but no, but not how. But he didn't yeah, know there was infiltrating. Exactly, you know, he doesn't know how. He know he knows that they're against him. He just doesn't know how they're against him. And we kind of see exactly how his, how he meets, how he meets his fate, which is in the history books, his a death yeah die, a tragic dying. fate yeah okay, unfortunately exactly. so yeah that's just to keep it real brief i guess we'll talk about more certain parts but that's mm-hmm. like a very spoiler spoiler free yeah, synopsis. synopsis of it um and yeah i mean i guess the rest of the podcast right now would be considered spoiler because we're going to dive down a little bit more deeply into the scenes
0: yeah so, for the self, all of all the spoilers y'all
1: ain't gotta go home but you gotta get the hell up out
0: of here yeah. peace for
1: sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what is so let's go let's get into our likes, what did we like about the movie in general what was what was some of the things that getting into the specific scenes what what would you say what would you what are some of your favorite things about the movie
1: favorite moments i yep. mean uh, yeah i mean i mean
2: uh, j- just just off of uh, i i guess I can say like overall what i really i really liked the way the film was shot just from a from a vantage point just a lot of the angles a lot of the shots that they took of certain scenes to to show like the emotion or the power of certain scenes I really really appreciate that like for example like um, like near I guess near the end of the movie when Fred Hampton like came out of prison and then they had the large rally uh, uh, inside the church that had the entire Black Panther Party plus the Young Lords plus the Young Patriots everybody out there and then he's doing his speech you know he's doing this very very powerful speech talking about you, you know like you know he is a revolutionary he's Willing to die for the revolution. Will, he's willing to die for this fight, and just the way, like the cam, the way the camera, like cinematography, the cinematography. Thank you. The cinematography was just very, very powerful,
0: and I like, I like. The, Shout out Sean Bobbit
2: for the cinematography. And, and and it focuses, yep, and and it focuses on on three, mostly four characters during that one scene. Obviously, Fred Hampton's, uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character, Fred Hampton's character, while he's giving the speech, and then um, then uh Deborah Johnson, the actress who played Deborah Johnson, Dominique, her character, because at the moment. Uh, Deborah is like pregnant with Fred Hampton's child, so of course, like she's feeling the emotion. She's feeling inspired, but at the same time, she's also fearing, I guess, fearful for herself and for her unborn child because you know this man basically, the the way it, the way it read on her face is like, oh my gosh, this, you know my man, you know my husband, he's, he's gonna, gonna make like, me a single mother. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna basically become a martyr. Like, he's willing to become a martyr, and then and then these and then the third character is um Lakeith Sandfield's character William O'Neill, who's who of course has like a lot of guilt obviously running through his mind because he's been so, he's so entrenched, he's so in deep within the organization. But at the same time, he's he's feeling a sense of guilt because he sees the FBI agent who who's also in the crowd like looking at him and applauding while Fred Hampton is giving his speech. So it's so it's a combination
1: of like awkwardness and also like guilt. It There's is also, a lot of emotions in the room that you can yeah. read on the. Faces of these guys, yeah. these characters.
0: That was one of the more intense scenes in the movie. And very I would say there I, are a few. There would, are not that many, surprisingly. Yeah, I would argue True. that's
1: probably the most intense scene. True. In terms of just not with no action involved. I guess. No I guess, words yeah, either. Yeah.
0: Not really. No like words amongst, no intense dialogue amongst exactly. the characters. Exactly. It's yeah.
1: just really, you're just listening to his um, monologue and you're kind of just reading the faces. There's reading lot, the room. And reading the room. There's a lot of expressions that are going on. You can tell that a lot of people are feeling very... Everybody has mixed feelings based on as he's going and but it's also lost into the crowd of everybody else that's there that's just exciting and super supporting so mm-hmm. it's kind of just one of those things where it's like you know a lot could be happening in one room and you don't even realize it yeah what was what was one of your what was your favorite scene uh I think that was a great moment um I mean I liked the very beginning of the movie I think that was also where basically it kind of shows. Uh, William O'Neal. I'm gonna just refer to LaKeith's uh, character as William. Yeah. Just so you guys. Yeah, know. I call him Crazy Bill. No, or Crazy Bill. What was that is name, Crazy Bill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, his, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, they, yeah well, they wild it. Bill or Wild Bill. He does.
1: I don't know if he des- yeah, If he deserves the nicknames after what he did, but um, he was definitely wild. What I I'm my I think a moment for me and I think it's probably another big moment was when he had got caught essentially at the beginning of the movie.
0: So And how he's ultimately recruited and into how, the Black exactly Panthers.
1: Exactly. Well, no, even before he gets recruited into the Black Panthers, that's how he gets recruited to the FBI. Yeah, to the FBI to, to in, do the Black in, Panthers. To yeah. infiltrate the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. And he asks him, like, you know, you have this guy come in and ask him about how he felt when MLK got killed. Uh, how would you feel about that? I mean, it's weird because the timing is weird
0: we'll get into that with the but negatives.
1: The time the timing was weird for but p- past that I thought it was a very powerful like if you just look at it on the surface level it's a very good scene because you know he asks you like why would you why do you have a badge instead of a gun instead of imper- you know cuz he's impersonating an FBI agent cuz that's how he gets caught and
0: yeah, let's says, go. Let's talk specifically to that to that scene. And he's so he sees a group. He sees a gang in the in the pool hall, and his goal is to steal one of their cars. So he goes in pretending to be an FBI agent with a fake badge, and frisks and and. Frisk, yeah, basically frisk all of them. Frisk
1: all of them, gets the car that he wants, and then he dips out, but not before... They realize. But they realize it, and then he gets caught by the cops, and that ultimately is how he ends up in the situation where he meets the FBI agent that tells him to infiltrate. Mm-hmm. So in that moment, you know, the FBI agent is questioning him, and he's saying, like, oh, why don't you just have a gun instead of a badge trying to if you're just jacking cars? And, you know, Williams' uh, response is, that a badge is way more powerful than a gun. It's said, mm. any nigga can get a gun. And that quote from what he says in the movie. Mm-hmm.
0: So, And you when know, you have a badge, the whole army's behind you. That was my favorite moment and, and, right there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite moments. Exactly.
1: Yep. So that was a pretty, you know. Powerful. Powerful. Mo- I mean, message, you know, that I think a lot of us kind of understand. And I, that was probably one of my favorite moments because, like I said, st- that's how it's everything kind of starts off.
0: Well, yeah, that was that was my you stole my moment. That um, was my I was my powerful moment right there when he was like the badge. A badge is you have a whole army behind you, but when you just have a gun, anybody can get that. Yeah. So you know he kind of didn't have to operate dangerously with the gun either. Just because as soon as he came in with the badge, they all just obliged him. Mm-hmm. So yep, I would say that that was one of my favorite.
1: I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do have another moment that I, mm-hmm. oh, that's really sticks out to, my, to me, just so I guess to pick back, if that was your mom, I didn't mean to steal it.
0: I, I mean, have something else, actually.
1: Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm going to go. So go ahead. Right, so, go ahead. Yeah, so so go there ahead, was another, ahead. I wouldn't say it was like a
0: favorite right, moment, but it was a notable moment when... um. J. Edgar Hoover, who's actually played by Martin Sheen, because he's pretty much orchestrating this whole operation. I was like counter intel pro. I don't, I don't know the name. Who is that just FBI director? Yeah, director. director Very infamous.
2: Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you're in civil rights, politics, whatever, everybody knows J. Edgar Hoover. Very infamous. FBI director from the late
0: forties. I wouldn't say everybody. 70s.
1: I did. I'm not gonna lie. I did, I, I know the oh. name, but I feel like a lot of young people, like I said, if okay. you know, yeah, you're <laughs> oh, under
0: the age of 25. <laughs> I mean, I
1: mean, just not everybody's I, always involved in these things, and they okay, yeah, uh, all right, uh, okay.
2: Leonardo that, DiCaprio played him in a movie. Leonardo he did DiCaprio. play. Yeah, he played. He played his biopic. He did play him in a biopic about him. But yeah, but very infamous leader of the FBI, and his whole thing was basically destroying anything that was considered a threat to the United States. So. During that time, it was a lot of civil rights leaders and communist sympathizers for the most part. So Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, you know, um, uh, Kwame Ture, you know, all these folks have had their phones tapped illegally, you know, by under the orders of J. Edgar Hoover. And in this case, Black Panther leaders, Young Lord leaders, et cetera.
0: Mm. And so going to J. Edgar Hoover, he had a really pivotal scene where he was speaking to the FBI agent Roy Mitchell and... Roy Mitchell was kind of like, well, okay, this might be going too far because there was a a moment where this it gets complicated when when Will O'Neill's character runs into gets scared because they blow somebody else's cover that somebody else who's an undercover agent covers got blown and then he realizes that the person who's telling him that actually was an agent so it gets really confusing so it's like a double cross like oh you thought it was this but now nah, he's an mm-hmm. agent and then it get back it gets back to the fbi agent roy mitchell and then he kind of goes and questions dagger hoover like yo what are you what are we doing here there's so many undercovers like we can't keep track of who like oh, like you're not even keeping me in keeping, the loop. keeping me in the loop with anything yep, yep, and yep. then he pretty much sets him down and delivers like the most racist thing where he's like "Yo, oh, yeah, yeah do yeah. you watch how like, are you gonna feel when, when your, your daughter, daughter brings home a black man like a black man with a blah blah blah." Like pillaging, raping, and pillaging your daughter. How you gonna feel about that? He's like, Yo, why you why you like, mentioning my daughter? And he's, he's like, like, First off, my daughter is like five, four years old. <laughs> like
1: eight <laughs> months. Uh, yeah, she's like a child. So yeah.
0: But, and then you can kind of see him picturing it in his head, and he's like, Hmm, yeah, you you right. And you kind of seeing his his covert racism that was in. And he was like, I'm comfortable with black people. I'll I'll have Willow kneel over my house and do things like that. But whoa, mm-hmm. my daughter. Whoa. Well, and you kind of see him like have that realization as Jay Egger is speaking to him and he's kind of, like, getting offended. Mm-hmm. And just that whole theme of just protecting, trying to protect white women from the black male influence, I feel like that still hell's true today. And, and many things that we may encounter, like, even from ma- other things in mass media, TV commercials. Like, if you notice in TV commercials, it's never a black man and a white woman when they're, like, trying to do a family. Like, when... Never.
1: Now, maybe not. Yeah, maybe on TV they're trying to push that a little bit. Like they got that whole mixed dish. But wait, I'm, that's a white man with the. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. I mean, exactly. You might be right. You might be on. Right. I can't. I'm. I'm not here to deny that fact. I can't even. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna. I'm just. I to shake my head. I, I'll room.
0: give you a recent example because you remember the Michael B. Jordan commercial, the Michael from the Super Bowl. Did you see that? The one with, with the, the, the Al- Amazon, the Alexa. Yes. B- and it was a, ther- was a was a was a black woman. They had to make it. They should have made that a white woman. I'm like, just be provocative. Like, make that a white woman. You want to be progressive? So basically, the the whole commercial, if you didn't see the commercial, Michael B. Jordan is basically a, a anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic like, Alexa. So it's like, a picture your Alexa eco-dot, but if it was Michael B. Jordan. And you just told him to say things, do things for you, and he did them. So it's basically this woman is in the store, and she's like, wow, like, I'm completely... Well, that,
1: that, could, that could kind of be racist, though. A white woman telling Michael B., like... I, 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 I guess maybe the optics there
0: they didn't want to do it yeah, yeah. but I, they could have pushed the boundary a little bit because it goes in because she's Clean like up this house michael <laughs> she's not no she's not doing because she's attracted to him that's yeah, the I whole know. thing
1: I, of the, yeah I, I saw the clip. so they
0: didn't want to pull that they didn't want to like make i can't make this white woman attracted to michael b jordan and her husband is over here like getting jealous like we can't have no cuck holding in the yeah. you know so <laughs> right, they right, they yeah. just it's, made it, everybody it black promo-
1: it promotes the wrong <gasps> message yeah. So I, yeah to them to them, to them. yeah
0: but they made everybody black. You know, they just made everybody black in that situation. Just be like, nah, we can't. Like Jeff Bezos, like yo, this is too close to home. Like my wife actually made cheat on me with Michael computer.
1: <laughs> Shit, she divorced him. So
3: she but that's broke. what I'm saying. Well, he like, got he divorced. He, he got cheated divorced. on his wife. But, uh,
0: <laughs> but still, I mean, like things like that. You know, there's yeah. a Kia commercial out right now. It's a, it's a black woman instead of a and a white man. And I think I don't, I don't remember the car.
1: It's it's never. You're basically saying it's never the black man with the white woman.
0: Nope. In the media, they never they never want to do that. So that just it goes back to what Jay Aguru was saying in this scene. And just another, another scene. Like yeah. the, you, remember, you remember the Kevin Durant commercial back in the day where he his pajamas shrank. You remember that, and then he yes. was like is that, yeah, yeah, and then it's like yeah. a sexual innuendo. The the woman they they specifically chose an Asian family for that, because so, they didn't want to make it a white film, they couldn't have made it a white family, but they made it an Asian family. And she's like, oh, he's like your dad's fine. Like he's like, oh, dad, because the the kid notices that his dad is now Kevin Durant, and the mom is just going with it, like, well, yeah, like. No, he's fine, honey. Like, just go off and play. So it's like a sexual innuendo. Like she's about to, like, yeah, do something like, sexual like, with Kevin acceptable. Durant. Like she's about to do something sexual with Kevin Durant. And the it, the joke of the scene is that it just skips to Kevin Durant cleaning out the leaves from the gutter. So it's like cleaning out the gutters. That, yeah, I remember that. Commercial so, on. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that was, that's also yeah. That's also what's it called? an um, like Asian women. So it wasn't. They didn't go full white right there. But I, I, maybe I'm in my head. But you know, leave a comment. The discussion. Yeah. I think
1: another scene that was super... I guess, now that I'm thinking, I was recalling. Yeah. Um, was when, actually, Fred Hampton was actually locked up. Um, he got locked up for eight months for allegedly, what, stealing ice cream for some kids. $71, so that, worth, $71 worth of ice cream. $71 worth of ice cream. <laughs> of ice cream. Yeah. So, shout out to ice cream being illegal back in the 60s. Uh, but it was him... like they They, like... You can see that it basically sends what he's kind of been doing while he's in jail. They don't want to see him reading. So when the guards come, he's constantly doing push-ups, pretending to be, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, a muscle head because they don't want to see him educating himself. Mm -hmm. But I would say I really want to know. I didn't get I don't know if you guys remember the scene. I want some clarity in this, too. Um, When he's actually eating right. Oh, and the guy and, and the guy I, in the corpse like and, what and, they carved and, and, something. And the guy, yeah, they carved something in his chest. I don't what was it that I don't know. I, I wanna know what yeah. that was written in his chest. so basically they um Fred Hampton is eating uh, his lunch in prison, right? Yeah. And there is a man who's tied up to a chair with um looks like his in his body, like with the blade, hit some words or some uh, was etched into his chest.
0: Mm-hmm. I couldn't even read the words. I
1: couldn't really read the words. He looked beat up and bloody. Yep. So you know, yeah. Fred. You know, you kind of see Fred looking at him, and to me, it's kind of like a parallel to him kind of looking at like you know, the black man in general. Like you know, he looked defeated, downbeat. Like you know, he looked like he's kind of like almost lost everything. And mm-hmm. um, afterwards. Mm-hmm fred hampton's the last like you know he's the last one to get up other than that man mm-hmm. and he puts a little letter underneath his tray mm-hmm. to uh i guess deliver so it could be delivered to somebody on the outside and whoever picked the person who cleans it up picked up the letter so i always wondered in that scene to me because um, later you find out that they found that he was trying to get a message outside of prison so they start beating him up later like that's like the next scene right after that they saw like the guards are beating his ass Yep. and in my mind i'm i always wondered did the dude in the chair that was sitting there because he was the only one left after everybody got up he's the one he saw the he saw oh did he snitch did did he exactly and Mm. that's what i'm wondering i always wonder like did he was that supposed to be a scene in where we show that boom like i i kind of a parallel to lakeith William, i mean william Mm o'neill and where it's like yo you keep getting like you're breaking down you keep breaking down these men into being obedient tools for you for your agenda for your Mm -hmm. agenda like as like you know you carving out um words and beating him to half to death did he snitch on uh fred hampton in that moment Mm -hmm. because he saw that and he's so defeated so that for me that's what i took it as Mm -hmm. and i was just like i just thought that was something that really stuck out to me like wow you really like you can't even you can't even read like he can't even mm-hmm. read books because they are really trying to keep you hey, get un- back to slavery Tom. under the yeah. thumb, exactly and that's kind of what that saw to me
2: and and I think and I also think that speaks to a to a to a wider issue that's relevant to this day in regards to the criminal justice system and mass incarceration right like it's not like the way pr- the way prisons are designed right it's not just to know take away your rights or to lock you up right physically right it's also a psychological aspect as well like exactly you're psychologically locked up you know you're not you know we, no access to books no access to to be able to send your letters to your loved ones right um also solitary confinement because you know he was brutally beaten and they put him in solitary, solitary confinement just probably like maybe 23 hours in a dark room or something like and these are things that are these are practices that are still common you know throughout the world but even to this day in a lot of a lot of America's uh, prisons, so. I I, I also think they were probably just highlighting the fact that we haven't really maybe like progressed as a country or as or as a community, as a black community in regards to us still being still being the victims of Jim Crow, being victims of, you know, of the criminal justice system. Yeah, the
1: pipeline. Yeah, school to prison pipeline. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And, that's what I, and that's kind of what I wanted to point out. It's like, you know, I don't know if anybody, like I said, that's why I want to say now, if anybody had realized is like, like, how did they find that letter and stuff? And in my mind, it's like the only person who was there was the guy who was beaten. And you would think mm-hmm. there would be some resentment. But when you get to that point it's like you're lost and you don't have that's when you really become we're
0: back into a corner so exactly. you just had to survive and
1: exactly and you're kind of like in my mind i'm like did that guy was the one who's like and i know that they have watchful eyes on fred hampton and which is why they find every reason to put him in solitary confinement mm-hmm. they put him in there for days i mean you can't even being by yourself for just one days and or two days is enough to drive somebody insane mm-hmm. that's like
0: a study so and an, then you kept that for us. That was very. that was a woke woke analysis right there. I didn't think about what that guy represented. Yeah, the guy that was there. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That deserves what oh, hey! a Come on, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and
2: and another thing, I guess just just to double down on when Fred Hampton was in prison, um, because at the same time that's when his uh his wife Deborah was pregnant,
0: was pregnant right? Well, it was his girl. he didn't,
2: he didn't get a chance to marry her yeah Okay, so his 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 partner, his woman, was um was pregnant, right, and. If I remember correctly, it, there was a scene where, she, I guess, was she trying to write a letter to him? But that letter was intercepted by the FBI agents. The FBI agents, they scanned
1: that letter. That was actually the letter that he was trying to send. Oh, that was so that, the other way that around. Exactly. So okay. that, after that so they scene, intercepted like, they letter. intercepted his letter. And I don't even okay. think he got that sent out. They just copied okay. it. And they're like, okay, we're going to keep it. So okay. whatever he... So, the price he paid for that letter never even got to see justice so once again that just highlights to me how like how much they're just trying to keep this guy under and like like no communication we don't want you talking to anybody mm-hmm. um you can't even set send letters to your loved ones like you know yeah. what i mean like that's how we want that's how isolated we're trying to keep
0: you mm-hmm. and the break, goal is and, To break him down and, 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 yeah. break, and break
1: you down and he's and he spoke
2: on it like in that later scene like after after the speech he gave you know, after that, after the rally that he had where he where he gave his speech, the comeback speech, the comeback speech, right, mm-hmm. and about being about being a um, martyr, a martyr, right. He his his girlfriend, right, was telling was telling him why she was concerned, right, concerned for. You know, for him, right? for his safety, also for, like, will someone be, a, like, where am I going to raise my child? Am I going to raise my child? I didn't know, in a war zone. Yeah, in I a didn't war zone, way. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and remember, like, the trauma that, that she was experiencing while he was in prison. Like, there was the whole shootout that happened <laughs> between, like, a few of the Panthers and
0: basically the Chicago PD. They probably used their entire budget on that scene alone. <laughs> yeah, like. you
1: know, which which was which was a very, you know, powerful I love that scene, too, because I was able to see. Nah, I'm not even going to say
0: that. <laughs> what were you gonna say? Nah, you gotta say it now. Nah, you know, nah,
1: nah, nah, I'm cool.
0: Okay. <laughs> they
1: ain't finna get me. Not <laughs> me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and then and I and I remember because I remember he alluded to the because he, he also alluded to the fact that he didn't know that that um he didn't he didn't know that she was pregnant
0: while he was in there and that he felt that thing.
2: he had nothing to live for exactly, exactly. Oh, like a part of him died during his time in prison mm-hmm.
0: and it, he, exactly he wanted to go all out. He was like I can go all out
2: now.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of like, you know, the things that we try to hide or protect somebody and like we don't know the results. Cause I, I, I remember that scene too. And I was like, he was really, you know, you see his time in jail and you kind of you see his time in jail and then you kinda of see you kind of see the man breaking, especially it wasn't until he got beaten and put into solitary that you probably really see Fred Hampton kind of waver. Mm-hmm. And Unfortunately,
0: and when they show him the newspaper clipping of the uh, and exactly building destroyed and the
1: building headquarters, his headquarters, what he's basically put his being into Mm -hmm. being destroyed, that kind of took that definitely took something from him. And I mean, I don't necessarily blame his girl from like, I don't know if she couldn't visit him or what the situation may be Mm -hmm. because I'm sure she probably couldn't, I'm sure she tried to and was denied, but Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Her taking that information and keeping it to herself until he was free Mm -hmm. probably did a little bit of them. But at the same time, like I said, I don't want to blame, put any, if any, blame on her. Because, like I said, this man couldn't even send letters out. So you don't even know what would happen if she tried to visit. God forbid. He probably wouldn't have got it anyway. She probably wouldn't have got it. She could have been violated. They could have hurt her as she was being pregnant. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I can't really, you know, I, I... when I saw the movie, I was kind of I agreed with her. Like, yo, you should have told this man that he had something to kind of live for. But at the same time, the times is different. There's no like phone,
0: like calls and no text messages, no burner phones. Exactly. Same now, power. I think
1: things were just so much different. I could mm-hmm. only yeah. imagine that it probably was a, a lot harder for her to deal with
0: that. So yeah, again, we were talking about likes. While we're talking about likes, yeah, one of the all, scenes. Like, yeah, let's keep it going. One of the scenes that I liked was um. Also, they, they have you can see a Quentin Tarantino influence. I'm not sure if the director Shaka Khan, Shaka King, my bad, Shaka Khan, <laughs> Shaka King is um is like influenced by he made, Quentin himself. That, I mean, yeah, parents maybe, exactly. maybe, but I'm not sure if the director Shaka King took influence from Quentin. There was one particular moment where. Uh, Let's talk about Lil Rel. I liked his... He had the best...
1: His cameo. He
0: was the coolest character in the movie. Because when you saw his name on the intro, I'm like, Lil Rel? Lil Rel's in this movie.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he shows up (laughs) towards
0: the end when he's kind of like... When they know... FBI pretty much know they're going to assassinate Fred Hampton. And they issue um, Will O'Neill with the task of not poisoning his drink, but like um, subduing him... By putting mm-hmm. something in his drink, mm-hmm, yeah. and compromising Fred Hampton so he can be easily killed. Yep. So they can mm-hmm. do what they got to do. So the vector that they send to deliver the means that he has to use in order to do this is through Little Rel, Har- Lil Rel Har- what was the, How Little Rel Harold. How do you say? Howry Howry, mm-hmm. Howry. Yeah, Little Rel. Lil Rel. Yep, so, he's basically like a pimp or whatever. I don't know how they found the pimp. I guess they, they're taking everybody from FBI. He could have been an FBI informant as well for protection. That's how he was able to pimp Was her. he a
1: pimp or an agent? I thought he was in disguise. Mm,
0: that could have been. He, he, was, he could be both.
1: He yeah, could be a
2: pimp that got caught and then they made him an informant. He's basically yeah.
1: what Lakeith kind of felt like he was doing in the moment. Um mm-hmm. I, um, I keep saying the Keith, William
0: O'Neill. He was basically Oh, he was an undercover FBI agent.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I don't know yeah. whether he was yeah, exactly I didn't know whether so William William O'Neill meets Lil Rell.
0: Yep, and then they and they have to kind of exchanges and then he kind of gives him the stuff and then Will O'Neill's kinda like, no, nah, I don't wanna do this, like what do you mean? And then he follows him outside and he they give him he's like, Show me a badge, because he doesn't really think he's actually an FBI. He doesn't know what what this is and because he's obviously resistant. So when even Roy Mitchell sets him down and tells him what's going to happen, he's resistant to it. Mm-hmm. But then it, it proceeds along anyway. And he follows him outside into the parking lot. And he kind of says, give me a gun. Give me a give me a badge. Show me something that you're actually, like, you know, part of the FBI. So he actually gives him his badge back from the beginning of the movie. And I guess that was, like, poetic in a certain way, bringing it full circle, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as he's handing him the badge, there's like a like a dramatic type music. It's like a very, it was just Quentin Tarantino-esque. It just reminded yeah, me of whole Quentin scene Tarantino. From,
1: well, once he meets him out in the alley, kind of seems very Quentin. Yeah. Where it's like the music goes, like it's dark. I don't, was it raining? No, I don't think no, so. It wasn't raining. It was the was intensity a, it, of the it, scene. It, 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 it was very intense, like, you know, deep shadow, deep darks in the light. Like you couldn't really mm-hmm. see much. The frame is tight and, you know, Little Rogue jobs off before, um... William O'Neill could open the badge and he sees that the badge is actually his own that he was using
0: back in the uh, previous at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Beginning of the movie, exactly. And it kind of the sound and the like the musical score at the time, where it's like a, like a sharp like note, and then it cuts to black. That that was very yeah. Quentin Tarantino, Kill, like Kill Bill. Yeah, it yeah. was like yeah, it felt yep. yep. sort of like a Kill Bill scene right yep. there. Exactly. I was like, what movie am I watching right now? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was a nice touch. That was a nice thing to catch.
2: And then one more positive, one more I guess positive scene that I thought was interesting was um was actually and and it's and it's very it's very painful right to watch for those for folks who know the story who are familiar with the Fred Hampton sto- you know the Black Panther story is, you know it's probably hard to watch or even so a first time watch is also really hard to watch but I did like how they shot how they zoomed in on on Deborah on Deborah's face as the police or the undercover police uh, were assassinating and killing uh, the members of the party mm-hmm. and 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 um. And,
3: Fred Hampton. And killing really... Fred Hampton specifically. At the end of the movie. Yeah. At the
2: very end of the movie. Like that I thought it's that was like very interesting and it kind of like I think it like forced the viewer forced me as
1: forced the audience to put put ourselves in her shoes. Like once again mind, the you know? struggle of a black woman. I agree. Like you know the things that um black women have to deal with uh that's what I was saying. That's why I was mm-hmm. kind of touching on too. That's a very thi- like you her her character I think was important because she was almost that representation. She was one of the sides of like, you know, what a black woman is dealing with in this time and I think the other uh Dominique, I forgot what who who was she playing? Oh, she she played she played um Judy. Judy. Yeah. I also like Judy was probably my favorite character just I to touch on that. Like, they're both they're both like two <laughs> sides of the coin like, you know, she's down for the ride and she's scared for her man, but she has to be strong for her family, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she's has to witness her husband, or I mean, her baby father. Baby father. Yeah, because he doesn't get, obviously get the chance to marry her because he gets, she has to hear him assassinate, but she knows in that moment, if I do anything, I'm going to die too. I'll probably end up getting killed right alongside him, and I can't afford to do that because mm-hmm. I have his child. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That whole ending scene was a really powerful scene. It was just very reminiscent of like the mm-hmm. Breonna Taylor, especially that with that being so fresh in everyone's mm-hmm. minds. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. police just coming in, no warning. There was really no warning. They just saw shadows and footsteps, and then they just low and come they started and shooting. Exactly. They even opened shooting. the door. Started shooting they,
1: immediately. They shoot everybody, and then they're telling everybody to move. Like, Get out the room! And they're like, we're shot. And like, you want to keep getting shot, get out the room. And I'm like, yeah. yo, like yeah. how many times has that pop that conversation been happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. You how many times do people not even get that conversation? Yeah. Like
0: Yeah, it was a tough kind of it was a, a tough watch. It was That's very, a, very tough to watch.
1: Yeah, when when I mean, like I said, I think we said positive, but it's not positive, but I would say a good scene. A, the, these are things that we felt were important that we It helps tell the story. Yeah, exactly. It tells the story in a very
2: powerful, in, important way. Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think, in in a weird way, this is
2: what we say is good, and even and then also another thing that I noticed is that even before so, so after the scene where they shot like a lot of the security and the members, most of the members of the of, of the party in the apartment in the apartment, and it was and I remember the police called, told her, told Deborah and the other guy to to come out to step out. And I remember, like when 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 they pulled her out, you know, like one of the one of the white officers like put a gun to her to her, her babe to her stomach. That was very baby. subtle.
0: That was yeah. a subtle thing.
2: Yeah, and then and then also like um and then also Fred Hampton, you know, couldn't wake up of course because he was drugged with the barbiturate, you know. So he, but in a way like he looked like peaceful, like the way they zoomed in on him, like he looked like he was like sleeping soundly and peacefully, even mm-hmm. though he was drugged. But I guess that was like some symbolism where it's like. You know, like, the fight goes on, you know, the struggle continues, even though I'm going to be a martyr. So uh, may- maybe that kind of shows, like, a sense of, like, acceptance or maybe, it's, like, closure for him, which is something that he spoke to earlier in the movie and throughout his, you know, life as well.
3: Hmm.
2: That's interesting. I didn't even think uh, that's. That that's just much. the way I, I registered it. Earlier. Yeah.
3: Hey! A revolutionary!
2: So, so I guess we can start... So I guess, folks, if you want to dive into what we... I don't wanna say dislikes, but maybe like maybe some deltas or things Critiques, we, critiques, critiques and critiques. Things that we may thought could have been done differently. So I don't know. Like Justin, you wanna start, start
0: us off? First of all.
3: It's your man Shah <laughs> Just. Shah <laughs> Just. I'm sorry. Shah <laughs> Just. Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: But yeah. Start us off. I mean, if you're I don't wanna start off too critical. But this is like the first thing I have down.
1: Yeah, I'll start. Right, this isn't too critical. Yeah, the Virgo, the Virgo. Right, yeah, let me, let me just, <laughs> this isn't too critical to the point of the movies per se, but just to be a lighthearted critique. What is up with um, music? What is, what's up with soundtracks or movie albums? That have not that are not one song is not even in the movie. Like I loved the Judas and the Black Messiah album that they have, like yeah. that they came out with. The on inspired Spotify. album. Oh yeah, I guess it's an inspired album because not. I don't think one of those songs, Maybe two of those songs would have been on the track. I I wouldn't realize you yeah. wanted to hear, Jay-Z wanted to hear the Jay Z and Nipsey during the post credits. Exactly. I want to hear that Jay and Nip song. <laughs> that Nas. Yeah, Sir exactly. I don't I don't know, know. Know. That her.
0: You wanted to hear that her during nah. the sex scene between Fred and the boy. I'm trying to hear that Polo G. On G. on during the shootout.
1: Exactly, <laughs> I, but that right, like, but that's what I'm saying. What, what that would be kind
0: of weird. That would be like, like Lovecraft like Country vibes. I like I mm-hmm. how that. How I really Black
1: Panther kind. Of, Black Panther did it where they had songs actually in the movie. But I'm like, what's going on with all of these? album like is it just another marketing scheme to get money they got, yeah, yeah they gotta make that money it, it's like, a marketing I guess, scheme yeah. i mean i don't it's know the hype, bro. I, I, the hype. that's just a critique for me i don't know if i'm just not a fan of that like if you're gonna have this as an album put you it in the put, put in it the at least include some of the songs in the movie these are quality mm. music like you know it's mm. quality music but uh mm. yeah i mean i'm that's fair just just to be okay. i guess like i don't know if that's a it's not a major critique on or even on the movie at all uh-huh but okay just, I guess, how... The rollout, the promotion. Yeah, how things roll are on. roll, pro, rolling out nowadays. I don't really... Mm. I'm not a fan of
0: that. Mm. F- it seemed like this movie kind of overall lacked intimacy just among the characters. For sure. The relationship between Fred and Deborah that was, like, the strongest relationship in the movie, I would say. But even that, like, I'm not going to sit here and complain, but, like, there was no love scene, really. It's like, this is the first time I'm seeing a movie where... It's like somebody's pregnant and like the two characters end up pregnant but there's like really no love scene. And it's like I'm not saying like I wanted to sit there and see them in a the love scene, but you know just the intimacy. It I, would it, add it, to the intimacy some... of the, the two characters, make her feel her loss more because mm-hmm. they're actually seeing the visual. Mm-hmm. But you know it's it's a long movie. It's already two hours, even though it didn't feel that way. But it just it's for some quick. reason, yeah, yeah. But it's a two hour movie. I don't know how how it's two hour. It ended up being two hours.
1: I agree for a 2 hour movie I definitely feel like there were certain like interpersonal relationships within the characters that didn't quite sell me on like like I didn't understand like I didn't really understand um William O'Neill's motivation to be a snitch, you know what I mean? But like he just like, didn't want to avoid jail time. He just didn't I mean, want to, I get he just it. Want to and avoid, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, time. I guess, like on a like real surface six nine snitch level, uh you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, that's cool. But to me, like in the circumstance and like how everything was in that time, I still wouldn't even justify just avoiding jail time. Isn't enough for me to be like with disrupting go, go, my going, underco- going undercover for three years to destroy my black community like, you know you know if you had like a are we never seen any of these characters family members like we might that's see, another yeah, i didn't like, know parents were yeah there's no, there's no, no and one an, parent actually one yeah there's one and then to me the one character william o'neill like we don't get to see any of his family like well, compa- or friends or friends that mm-hmm. could possibly motivate him for wanting to stay out of jail or like people so it's like to me it's like this guy's just other than him selfishly just trying to get it stay out of jail he's willing to compromise his whole entire community and people who look like him and to me i was like that's kind of whack mm-hmm. uh, mm.
2: and, and 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 that's and that's a very important point for folks who are not familiar with this story so i think that's mm-hmm. very important for like it's i think it's very important to have just a little bit of like character development or to or to build a sense of attachment like yeah, with the characters. Mm-hmm.
0: as people was dropping, I was like, "Oh, okay." Algie Smith's character, he died. He because he gets into a shootout with the with the police because he's he's disrupted and really out of order. Because uh, Ashton Sanders' character dies mm-hmm. prior to that. Prior to that, after and, killing a cop, yeah, because they kill him off in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Algie Smith is Jake Winters is just outraged, and no one seems to want to help him or find answers. So he pretty much takes matters into his own hands and ruthlessly even. Kills a cop point blank range when after he gets in the shootout, mm-hmm. but then gets shot immediately after. But you know, at least he got a second of vengeance, the satisfaction, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just like when he when he died, I didn't really get a lot of like, I wasn't like, oh my god, he, he passed away, you know. Yeah. It was it just it the wasn't connection a very wasn't character
1: there. Character, dev character heavy, it was more yeah. a plot heavy, um, yeah. st- um, movie. Um, I think, yeah, it could have been. Or may- maybe that was the point to not get to attached to the characters because we know ultimately a lot of them meet their demise. But the way mm-hmm. I was looking at it, it's like it's hard for me to I, it's definitely emotional. But like the emotional part of me lacked because of the fact that there was I don't understand the motivation for a lot of people of why they were doing these things. Yeah, true. Yeah, that that's a fair point. And also, I guess
2: I don't know. It's kind of a pet peeve, but. Because uh, you know, I'm like a huge historical nerd, but like if you're going to do a historical movie, you got to like get the dates and the years a bit okay. accurate. So you're going to go into this? So William <laughs> yeah. O'Neill, you know, when he, you know, when he was caught, you know, when he when he did his crime and when the FBI, you know, when the FBI agent you know basically put him up to this task. This was actually in 1966 and he was 17 years old at the time. So the fact that in that opening or the, I guess the second scene, that opening scene where he's in the interrogation room, the, the, the interrogation room with the FBI agent. FBI agents like you know how did you feel when Martin Luther King was assassinated? I'm just like no, that's not accurate because he was assassinated mm-hmm. in April of 1968. Yep. He became form of in 1966 at age 17. So, so that so that bothered me just a little bit. I
0: think the timeline
2: was a little the time the timeline was just a little off. off. But By I understand
1: that everybody looks a little older for being sick. Like like Keith's supposed to be playing a psych... 19 year old, or I guess 19
2: yeah. year old, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still yeah.
1: looks kind of old for a 19 year old. I said
0: he was 17 in the description, though.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and then also, and I understand, and I do understand, like with a lot of like, you know, TV shows or movies, sometimes they do fictionalize certain characters for dramatic purposes, but you, you can kind of, like, I, I don't know, man, like that just <laughs> didn't sit right with me. I'm just like, okay, like, no, this is supposed to be 1966, not 1968. Like, and then that also, that'll also, like, help tell the story more if it was like he infiltrated. You know the Panthers, the Panther organization, over a three-year period instead of you know a year and a half in this case.
1: Yeah, because what it seems to be in a year and a half, it's like you couldn't tell the timeline really. The time, like you couldn't, the the pacing was was really general, general late sixties. I would say the the pacing of the uh, movie was kind of a little not. I I, okay, maybe for a better lack, a lack of a better word, inconsistent. Because like I said, for a year and a half, you have this what seventeen-year-old kid end up essentially getting so close to the leader of the pack panthers to being the security captain. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that that's because seem- he had a car,
0: He had a care. He had the whip. Yeah.
1: Ha- well, yeah had He's a, in the KR. He had a whip that he had no proof of like how he got, just pulled up with a yep. whip and that was enough for him to be secure. Like
0: that to me seems a little bit too. Like know. if you pulling up at a whip at 17, and I don't got a whip. I'm a grown ass man. I don't look at you. Like, you don't, you're not rich. How you even got a whip? Like
1: how you get Every- this? Yeah, it, it just seems sus. I was going to set off red flags. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and they kind of like he ended up. He went from being, but before that, he he had the whip. That's how he got in 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 the door as a driver. But then at later, he ends up being the captain of the security, security. captain after and, when he's in jail. When exactly, Fred goes to jail, Fred goes, So it's like to me, it's like that doesn't seem very accurate, like you know, or realistic. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, they short. Yeah. They definitely shorten the timeline. Like, for like you know, to go. like
1: I said, I under I guess I. Like, I guess that's how movies are supposed to go, but. That's Once again, these are the critiques that we have if you've got to look at it on a surface level, if you know about... And I I believe, like how Mamadou said, he's a historian, but if you know the history of this, you're probably going to be a lot more involved in this movie and you'll probably pick up on
0: those things as well. Mm. If you know the story, I feel like this movie would be really fulfilling for you because you'd be like, yeah, I remember that. Yep, I, that happened. That happened. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching it for the first time, expecting to get you know, a full breakdown of everything or expecting a to get him, Fred Hampton yeah, is. really informed about the characters, you're not going to get that because everything is kind of like surface almost. You know, things or, are just occurring.
1: Or a two hour long movie.
0: Yeah, for, that's surprising. You would think it would be more deeper, like a deeper dive, but like you don't meet anyone's family. You only, I think Jake's mother, Algie Smith's character, you meet his mom and yeah. then he has a back and forth with, she has a back and forth with Fred Hampton It's like, please after, remember my son yeah. after he dies. But it's just no one else's family. Like it's like the Jimmy Neutron movie out here. Like everyone's family got like <laughs> taken by over. aliens or something. Because you know, no one has parents. It seems like. But yeah, that it would have just been better for the interpersonal relationships and just the intimacy of the movie, in general.
2: And and I and I and I do think they attempted to show just to go back to the motives of Willie O'Neill, I feel like they did show like the actual real clip of an interview that he did. In nineteen eighty nine on a PBS special where he was describing he was I guess describing his experience in the Panthers and how he genuinely felt that he was a revolutionary and that he was a good man. Um despite the fact Cat. that he was an informant, you know, for the FBI that helped lead to the <laughs> <that> helped <laughs> lead to the assassination of, of Fred Hampton. And another another thing another thing that I also feel can like I, can I piggyback yeah. on
1: that? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, go, go. First off, Cap. But uh, I don't think he... I mean, he might have said that. I don't think he believed that. Um, Yeah, I think in that moment, he also, like you said, I didn't stand by. And then um, I don't know if it was in that scene, but he basically... It was talk... Was it in the movie that he was talked about how the FBI agent kind of showed him a nice life and this is also what motivated him?
0: Yeah, to that wasn't really touched upon. Like, he showed him a yeah. new house once and they would meet for dinner. A- exactly. But yeah. and that, Their and relationship that was the wasn't Their really, relationship, really
1: the close. Like, for me, it's like... That's the whole thing, like I said, not just his family, but, like, what other motivations for him to do this. Like, you know, I think in the art movie, in that part, he was also saying, like, you know, this FBI agent treated me well. He opened his home to me. He said he was and a father figure. He even like a he father figure I felt true. like I was a... Real FBI agent, but in my mind, it's like in the movie, the way it was portrayed, it it seemed very. It did. It seemed very arm distancing. I don't understand why you're still gonna compromise all your brothers and sisters, people who look at you the same for the American government. Like I still like, I didn't really under. I still for me, maybe it's just because of if who I am. I don't think I could have done the same thing. I would rather have just gone to jail. This is way too much work to be pretending to love people and end up. Almost like, I, dying too, because exactly. they're like doing exactly. they're capturing and, people and I, doing all I, this crazy I, just, stuff. Just mm-hmm. put me in jail. Just put me in jail, like the rest of my like. I'll go hang out with my gang over here. Like I can't, I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. Like no, and two hundred. Like they say, he got paid what two hundred thousand dollars for
0: at the end, and he got the gas station at the end. Yeah, he got the the Like,
1: none of that is enough for me to like. That's not enough. I don't know. Yeah, they like, just needed they, more not, insight. If it, if it more insight. Me, like, nah, they needed right.
0: more insight into like his motivations, like you yeah. are saying. That's that's pretty much what they he needed to do. just seems like to... he's
1: a fuckhead. Part yeah. of the French.
0: Yeah, and they they try, even yeah. though they tried <laughs> to <laughs> they tried to like create sympathy for his character at certain points. Like they tried, but it just wasn't there because of the lack of intimacy.
2: Yeah. And then also also
0: another thing is,
2: and I and I understand, it just goes back to what to what um to what you said in the very beginning of the movie that This is necessarily, the movie is through the vantage point of William O'Neill. It's not necessarily through the vantage point of Fred Hampton because it's not necessarily a Fred Hampton movie per se. It's about what William O'Neill did to Fred Hampton and the Black Panther, you know, party in Chicago. But at the same time, I do feel like that there were some gaps in terms of, like, I I, I didn't really get, like, the character or the character development or the growth of Fred Hampton or who Fred Hampton actually was and what it... I, I don't think it really showed, like his like his breadth of like, knowledge and influence like in the community and i think i think they they touched on a little bit with like his his unifying strategy how he unified the, the the young lords you know three gangs in chicago three gangs in chicago the, the crown white patriots. yep whatever the hell they the young patriots. or i said what i said i said
1: white patriots. i said what i said, yeah. said, I said, what I said. <laughs> yeah so like how he unified that and i and i and i, and
2: I thought
3: uh, hey! <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so i thought
2: I thought that was, you know, I thought that was cool, but I also feel like they didn't really. Sh- I also feel like they didn't really show like his actual influence. Like I feel like they could have shown like the part where he, well, you know, when he actually went to LA and met with the Panther, with the Panther, you know, leaders out.
0: Yeah, they LA, didn't do or, like, none of that. There was
2: like influence around the country, and I think, and and I and I think that was kind of a missed opportunity. But maybe maybe it wasn't. Maybe that was what the writer or the director wanted to do because Chaka King did work closely with his son, with Fred with Fred Hampton Jr. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and and also his his you know his wife as well so so i'm not sure you know maybe that maybe the the writers or maybe the the director had a certain intention and this is probably like what they wanted
0: yeah that just goes back to uh, i think you know fred as, as good as the job that daniel did in this movie he he was like the supporting character to to the main of will o'neill that's what it that's mm-hmm. just what it came mm-hmm. off for. because yeah. the
1: same way you didn't see i think what you're trying to say is the same way like you said this movie is about william o'neill and what he does to fred hampton the same way we didn't really get to see William O'Neill's real motivation or him, like, you know, what's driving him to keep this nefarious cause going. We didn't really get to see the scope of Fred Hampton's influence, which is, like you said, being in L.A. and Because, yeah. like, for all we know, it's like this a problem is strictly in this, like, Chicago neighborhood where we're going to send this guy who's from Chicago to just bring this guy. To, but you don't really get to see that, like, yo, this guy is really Rocking the like you know the neck not just Chicago, but like he's being part of a bigger movement and he's a very he's a linchpin in it. So Mm -hmm. with taking him out, the government was able to and still able to you know keep many people in their their grip.
0: There was a poll I know you had brought up the poll P D T brought up the poll of was Will O'Neill a snitch or was he just a victim of the society that. He was born into yeah, or he, his environment. Exactly. So what what would you what would you guys say on that? Which what side of the spectrum does he fall on? I, th- I think I honestly think there's a
2: nuance. I think it's a combination of both. um But I would probably side more with I probably side more with he was I think he was just a victim. He's a he's a victim of society. He's a vic- He's a victim of 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 the system that was at play during that time. um I mean, of course, you know you know everyone has their own unique experiences. But you know why someone you know, enters a life of crime, you know, for the most part is you know, is this about survival.
1: You know thing is I mean? it's not a crime though. I mean, technically it is a crime, but when you're working under the government who makes the rules, it's not a crime. Oh but- no, no. I'm not even saying that I'm
2: saying like him like him being like a car thief, right? Like what led him into that lifestyle. Like like why like why do a lot of like why is it that a lot of black and brown, you know, men, you know, a lot of black and brown folks, you know, Catch themselves into the criminal justice system is because of their socio. It's because of their. It's because of the nature of their environment, and they're just a product of the system. And sometimes they just have a lot of things not going for them. We don't have a lot of things going for us.
1: That's that's just that's just my honest. That's how I feel. Um. Uh, hey! a uh, I guess my opinion of on the matter is. I mean, like I said, if I were to, I might not have known as much and be as uh, well versed in the history as Ba. So BDT. But, yeah. but, but like, BTG. To me, if I were to just base it off watching the movie, if you have to just go off the movie, I'd say, like I said, to me, if you hear everything I've been saying in this podcast, I don't really know his motivation. We don't really see what's driving him to do this other than the fact that some white guy's telling you, I need you to do this. <laughs> I'd say he's a snitch because he's just working for his own benefit. The guy tried to give him a gas station for him to walk away life. It's like, yeah, you completely destroyed... Um, the community that you came from, for your own selfish reasons, so you could have own, a gas station, so you could have a gas station and work what the next thirty years of your life in obscurity, hoping people don't find out you're the one who caused that. Mm. So like to me, that's real snitch talk. Like you know, I don't think he's necessarily a victim because like I said, if it was me, just throw me in jail. It's a lot easier. I could live in my life. You know what I mean? Like you know, like I I, I but I'm also the type to. Be, take action on my responsibilities. Like you said, there are not a lot of opportunities in the black community, you know, but at the same time, Fred Hampton, I mean, William O'Neill was guilty of robbing niggas for, his, for their car. Like, you know, if you're not even, like in the scene, in the movie, you're not even robbing white folk. You're, you're robbing your own brother. <laughs> you're
0: robbing white folk. He probably wouldn't even have that option. <laughs> Man, exactly. But that's I mean, what I'm saying.
1: Like, like uh, the whole thing to me don't really sit right because it's like, yeah. but also like you're saying, you don't know what, pushes him to get into this and yeah. there's no you yeah. know the opportunity if they would have
0: showed him more of that then maybe you would be more sympathetic to his character that was yeah. the, the key the yeah, key exactly. for everything yeah. but in yeah.
1: terms of like you know surface level i can't say that I, I can't say i sympathize him and as him being a victim of the system
0: and even he he'd had an ultimate demise as well because you know they showed his clip they should because throughout they reenacted his interview that he did the one interview he gave in regards to the whole thing the whole situation then at the end, the very end of the movie, they actually had the real clip of him, the real character, the real Will O'Neill being mm-hmm. interviewed. And, you know, that that came out. And the day after that was officially released, Will O'Neill decided to commit suicide. So that just shows mm-hmm. he probably, probably was still dealing with guilt over what he did. He yeah. definitely
1: felt like what he did Absolutely. was wrong at the end of the day. So I don't really... Exactly. That's how I can say I can't really think you can argue saying whether he did that. Because in his heart and soul, he probably realized what he was doing was full. And... Atlanta shit right there. And when he and then when it came out, like he he just couldn't. I I'm sure he couldn't even deal with the probably the backlash that would come. Like when they realize, like when people, his people, his family realizes, like what you did this. Like who's to know what he probably did and didn't tell people. You know. So, mm-hmm. he obviously felt like you know that wasn't something he could live with. Unfortunately or fortunately, because at the end of the day I'm gonna keep it hundred. Like if he he did some fuck shit. And that's exactly what people and people. A lot of people ended up hurt because of his actions. If I were to, you know, like I said, purely base it off this movie, I don't know the full details of the life. I can't. I don't. I, I don't like commenting on people's situation when I don't really know all the details. But if I have to look at it, and ha- if you're asking me, I'm gonna say,
0: say what it is, say like what you feel.
1: Is, exactly, gonna say, I feel. Exactly. I'm okay. feel That's how I'm gonna say. I'm, I, he he kind of deserved. Like you know, it's not. I'm not unhappy he did it. All right. I'm ready yeah. for the final rating?
2: Wait, wait. You never said if he was the product of the system or... Oh, yeah. What mm-hmm. felt well, my snitch. view,
0: I just feel like he should have... We should have seen a little bit more to this movie. Based on what this movie was, you can only say, oh, he's a snitch. But if we had seen more of his environmental factors, because it was like a little bit. You see he's out here stealing. But mm-hmm. if you really see his environment, then maybe we could have been more sympathetic. That's just... William mm. O'Neill
1: wasn't really portrayed in a good way in this movie. Now I'm like, if I like before we go into Not this review, all. I'm thinking about it, like uh, just how LaKeith was acting. Maybe you could kind of see that there was some moments where he was kind of like weighing, like, like, he, what was I, in too like, like he was into deep. He was, he was really he felt, believing the power. Like, like the at same, the,
0: that key scene during the speech, the comeback speech. Yeah, like, that
1: that was probably the only moment to me where he seems like he's kind of. Cause struggling of, with it struggling, internally, but at the end of the day, the whole time, like you know, he's going in there trying to talk to when he infiltrates, he's over there trying to talk to girls. And
0: that was then, at the beginning, though. That was no, at the beginning.
1: I know, I know, but yeah, I, and yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. whether he was doing that to act this, but but I'm just saying, like his personality. I believe that that probably just shows his personality, where it's like mm. it's all kind of mm-hmm. not too. Like, none of this shit is that serious to him. I'll
0: give him some credit because he did rebuild, help orchestrate and rebuild uh, the Panther headquarters once they, once they got burned down. So, mm-hmm. you know, I got to give him some credit. After he left out the back door. <laughs> yeah, he oh, did. Yeah, <laughs> he went to the roof, didn't even take a shot. <laughs> he he was
1: left. He said, I'm going to go to the roof, try to head out the back door immediately, realize someone was there. And then he went to the back. And if he didn't go to the roof, the cops wouldn't have said, sniper, and shot the first shots. No. Yep. Yep. So you, nope. could, uh, you could argue mm-hmm. that, too.
0: No, they saw. They saw. What's her name? Judy. Judy Harmon had the gun at first. the
1: beginning. Yeah, and that's when they all lined up. But they didn't start shooting until like, Keith actually went roof. to the top, and they mm, said yeah. snipe, and yeah. then they immediately started True. shooting because they just took that as a reason for him to go. So that was an unclutch move on his
0: part. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Like I said, <laughs> there's move. all
1: these little things that mm-hmm. end up kind of where you just kind of like. I don't. William O'Neill doesn't seem like a genuinely. I don't like saying people are good or bad, but yeah. overall his actions, he hasn't made a good decision. Yeah. And and then also just, just two things real quickly.
2: One thing that I noticed and this is not even a this is not even like a, a dislike per se. It's just more one thing that I also thought was interesting in that exact scene was it was showing the dichotomy, right? It was showing like the for example, like like the crowd that was behind the police stanchions and they were cheering on they were cheering on the Black Panthers during that shootout, right? And then they were going against this white, you know, the white Chicago PD. So I thought that was I thought that was just really interesting to show, like, I guess, like, those dynamics where it was like, you know, it's like us against them, like the police, you know, against, you know, the Panthers, the Lords, and all of us, like, let's go, let's go. So it kind of had, like, that kind of vibe that I got from that particular scene. But another thing I really wanted to plug in real quickly was, um, was um, so, so, of course, you know, William O'Neill's an informant, right, of the FBI. This is law enforcement infiltrating, you know, black organizations. And today is actually... February 21st 2021 which is actually the um anniversary anniversary of the assassination of um of El Hajj Malik Al-Shabazz Malcolm X back in 1965 in Audubon Brawlroom. So the other day it was um on Saturday actually yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, like Malcolm X's uh, family they released a letter that shows a former cop implicating the NYPD and the FBI in his murder. And this was and I think this was a letter written by 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 the former cop I guess on his deathbed or right before he passed that he sent to his father, basically explaining that basically the NYPD supervisor, they pressured him into luring two members of Malcolm X's security detail into committing crimes that led to their arrest days before, you know, a few days before the assassination occurred. And it basically says that this provided the chance for a basically lax door security at the Audubon ballroom. So I just thought that was like really interesting. And also for folks listening, if you guys watched a documentary on Netflix, um, I think it's called Killing Malcolm, which is like like a four-part series where this guy basically digs into FBI and NYPD records that shows just, you know, that what we know about the murder is not really the truth. And, maybe, and the folks who were convicted and caught may not necessarily, it may not necessarily be the ones that are responsible for, for his death. So I just find that, you know, that connection between that and this movie, right. It just goes into this theme that we said about, you know, law enforcement, but also like, you know, surveillance, like all these things on black and brown and marginalized communities, and it's a pattern that I, you know, that I think is still happening to you know to this day, unfortunately. For
3: so,
0: Sure. You know what it's I mean? If, if not, easier.
3: Uh, hey! I got
0: to keep them out. I got to <laughs> get them out because this can. is probably the only time we can use them. We no, can use for them. Sure. I mean,
1: yeah. So so, so
0: let's good, so I'll, so if we want to just do like our final rating, our
2: final like, you know, I I would give it a strong seven out of ten, primarily because I still think, I still think it, it told the story in a very like you know accurate and also like powerful, concise way concise way right um but but i also think that there were some missed opportunities because especially like for audiences who are not familiar with the story so but but yeah that's that's how, that's that's my rating i give it a 7 strong 7
1: i'd uh i'd i concur with all your um thoughts i say it's like about a 7 out of 10 for me as well I wish it was like a 7.5 or an 8, but basically those things that I spoke on before is why, you know, the lack of motivation for me for William O'Neill, him being the main character, it just seemed too concise, you know what I mean? Like, I got, like, it were very, very big bullet points that you want to fill that were thought out, but I just wish that they dove a little deeper Yeah, because I was interested. So that's not, a, like, because I was interested, I wish I had more, so I'd give it a 7 out of 10
0: yeah I'm echoing the same themes, like I feel like we all on the same page, and this one is just that I feel like it's we, rare, yeah, yeah, but <laughs> that's rare for me when you do a movie, there's two components that make a movie great: it's the surface level excitement and enjoyment that the movie may present, and additionally, any hidden, deeper meanings that you may not get on the first watch are just something you have to think further into. This movie had a lot of the the latter, but not really the former like. It wasn't really a lot of surface level excitement in this movie. There was a few scenes where you was like your attention, but it's very easy to you know if you're not feeling alert, you know doze off a little bit in this movie. For it's sure. it's not. It kind of feels documentary esque, you know, because it's not like a lot of acting. It's just like this is what happened. This is what happen. This would happen. And the lack of intimacy really shows.
2: Pacing. And and I and I think that. And Man, now, I let me
3: feel ready. Oh, my fault. Yeah,
0: so yeah, Muffle? it, it could have been a little bit. You know th- that. That's the key. Like, it didn't really strike a balance between the two. That's when you have a great movie, when you have the surface-level excitement as well as the deeper hidden meanings. This movie was more of deeper hidden meaning, not as much surface-level excitement. There were some key scenes, like the last scene. You're definitely going to feel heart-wrenched given the whole, the timely context of how it all unfolds and seeing the police breaking in. But, you know, overall, you know, it could have lose a little bit more intimacy. If you want to nitpick about the historical accuracy of the timeline, that as well. That's solid. You know, I, I so i wouldn't have i'm gonna have to say low seven though i'll be specific about that
2: okay and 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 then and and just and just to be clear like just from from my from my in my opinion like it's maybe maybe that's the direction or that's the intention of the writers or what or what the director um wanted this movie to be and i feel like this movie is very similar to to the spike Lee Malcolm x movie
0: Black Klansman, you know, and and black Klansmen. Oh, and Malcolm X, my bad. You said Malcolm X. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And
2: and, and primarily because, you know, of course those are both historically, you know, biopics, accurate movies, but also like the story is told this, you know, the story, they're both long movies and it does tell a story and it is like a black story at the end of the day. And I feel like the intention was to, I guess, to basically just sympathize, but to also see, you know, like directors like tell the story the way they want to tell it, not necessarily tell it in a way that sells tickets.
0: Mm-hmm. I guess it's just what I'm trying to say. Malcolm X had some exciting moments. though. That's one of my favorite Spike Lee movies, though. Oh like, yeah, that struck the balance well. That balance that I was talking about. Well, yeah, Denzel should have got an Oscar, by the way. Yeah, he was robbed yeah, he that was year robbed for
2: sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, and, for,
0: and for the Hurricane, he was robbed. But you know, Russell Crowe, I think, I think those Russell Crowe. <laughs> do you guys feel that, given you know we had we said like this, there could have been a lot more space for a lot more intimacy and just character development? Do you think this would have been better off as a series rather than a movie?
1: For sure. This Absolutely. would have been a way better movie. Yes. This would have been a way better so I mean, I would hope that maybe even if that's the intention you pull you pull up and have a series of like that. I mean, and I wanna talk I guess kinda of to answer your question is also along with my comment, um, that I just remembered where it's like I do what I would say that I do like about this movie is that I felt like before I was like, I'm tired of seeing slave movies. You know what I mean? I'm tired mm-hmm. of seeing or black struggle. Or like, yeah, and I mean this. It well, no, because this I think is technically black struggle. I'm not gonna say I'm against black struggle movies, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I was just tired of seeing I black am. people seeing like. So and I, I, I to a certain extent, I agree with you. I don't want to see black struggle movies, but I felt like this movie was important because once again, it's not just another slave movie or some other thing. Like it's kind of showing a more. What Jay Z say? I like, the day Fred Hampton arrived. On, I mean, no. the day the day Fred Hampton got killed. Oh, that I do on the, the day. That's the I arrived Z, on the On the day Fred,
0: Fred Hampton been, died. There should have been a post credit scene with Jay Z being born. <laughs> no, <laughs> as, not, New Yorkers, as New Yorkers, as New Yorkers. I
1: arrived on the day Fred Hampton died. Oh my
0: god. Real niggas, smoked smoke <laughs> I
1: mean, hey, I'm not.
0: I was, I was looking like, for that post credit scene. Shout out to Watch
2: the throne, Murder to Excellence. Facts. I was looking Underrated for that post credit scene. You know, the Marvel
0: movie, but you know. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, you know. Gloria, I, I, do, I would see Gloria giving birth.
1: I guess I would say, like, I thought I w- or maybe I You're would say fool. I thought oh, I God. was done with black struggle <laughs> movies, but it's great to see certain movies that are highlighted like this that don't get attention, but it is based off real life. Like, mm-hmm. I do agree with, like, something like this, and I mean, like, The Hate You Give, I love that movie, too, when that came out. Aldri Smith was also a part of that. Uh, got
0: killed in that one, too. He can't survive a damn
1: one. movie. Exactly, and I mean, it is kind of tough to keep seeing black people get killed by cops. On movies because you see it so much in real life. Yeah, but um, I feel but like I guess because you yeah. see it so much in real life, you know that this is a realistic movie. Unfortunately, we go. But, do we go to movie to see realism or do we go to movie to be entertained? Both. Both. I mean, yeah, it's a certain level. Yeah, like, you know, if something doesn't feel feel right within the scope of the movie and where you're at, I'm like, that's gonna be bad. Like you know what I mean? Just like the timeline in this movie is not bad, but it's gonna make me feel kind of weird. But uh yeah I just want to say I just want to say that like I like that part yeah no I definitely think it was a breath of fresh
2: air and I do feel like would uh, have been better as a series it could it definitely would have been better as a series and that's a very good point that Paul brings about black struggle and I just feel like black pain in general is definitely something that's very commodified you know what mm-hmm. I mean and, and and I feel like and also something that we're also kind of desensitized to because for example like a lot of even when you look at like like when there's like police killings right or abuse or whatever they, they show that very viscerally and vividly Throughout like major news networks, right? Whenever these things happen. But why? Like I feel like there's like a dehumanized commodity like point to that. When you show like f- like them showing, you know, George Floyd, you know, eight minutes, like showing that entire tape. Uh, like for for me me personally, like I, I wasn't comfortable with that. Like I honestly I honestly didn't watch that and I, I just feel that. like yeah. It's just, not it's
1: not it's not normal to it's, watch it's
2: not you know? normal to watch it, but I feel like we've we've been desensitized to black pain and something that's just like, Oh yeah, this is just something that, you know, continues to happen. So to Paul's point, do
0: you think Hollywood is exploiting black pain to I mean, profit every, of it? Everything's
1: in a, I, Hollywood. I think everything is in a, in America. Everything's exploited. You either exploit it or the exploiter. Capitalism. So I can't what Fred really. to talks about. Hey!
3: It. Hey. It. Yeah,
2: yeah so he talks I, about capitalism. So. Yeah,
1: I can't really. Yeah, I can't really sit here and say Hollywood. Everybody is exploiting that.
2: But but what I do like is that this is. I do think this movie, and I kind of compare it to the Malcolm X movie. It's like. One of its kind in terms of like the way a story is told. And it's like it's like these are black writers, these are black directors, like we're gonna tell the story the way we wanna fucking tell the story. And that's that's radical, you know what I mean? Like that's
0: powerful. So mm. they could have get this Spike likely. See what he would do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give other people a chance, man. Yeah, come on, the, 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 right, the not, Knicks, not the Knicks, Knicks
1: actually have a shot of being getting in the playoffs. Spike over here watching the, every game.
0: Did they let people back in the garden. I don't think they did. Now when they do though, it's about to be. Uh, to be week, in Barclays, baby. The end of the week, yeah. Barclays, fuck, fuck on oh, MSG. I'm sorry, <laughs> James Dolan don't treat. He was even treating Spike right. True, but Brooklyn, yeah, spike alright that... you All right, y'all, but. But yo, all right, we gotta wrap this up though. <laughs> all right, so let I mean, let us
2: let us know your thoughts. You know, follow us. You know, follow us on Instagram. This is a tuned In first,
1: I guess, movie review that you will that, that you, you, you have you, seen that you will have hit her. You know, we <laughs> yep. be in the See lab, art. but you know, this is uh, once again a seven out of ten for tuned In reviews.
0: Um, we give a lot of sevens, but we're gonna we're gonna do a crappy movie one day. We're this just gonna is, come but in. This is yeah, definitely, shit on a movie. <laughs> still
3: de-
1: definitely a movie worth the check out. Let us know if you agree with it or disagree with it. If you listen to this movie, if you listen to this review before this movie, check out those scenes that we highlighted. Tell, tell us if you agree or feel the same way. You know, I definitely look forward to hearing back from everybody.
0: Stream this before March 14th because I don't know where it's going to be after that. Like, where are they going to? Might have know. to rent Is that you know? on
1: Voodoo or something.
0: Yeah, definitely watch it on HBO Max. Don't pay that $20 rental fee. Word. <laughs> All right, y'all. Stay beautiful. Peace out. Benny, take us home.